0: Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics and the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I, of course, am one of your hosts for today, Cross, alongside my partner in crime, Nitro.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: And uh, we are joined by good friend of the channel at this point, um, long-standing guest, Mr. Lewis Southard, the man Hello who just the comic class. book writers of our generation.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> why no, I have
2: that written. I have that written on my... um my, my comic con banner whenever i do shows dude that is okay. awesome i uh I, i've i really dug a grave for myself there i i'm like but i'm like nope gotta stick with it gotta send the with bar it. high here okay
0: hey with the success yeah. that you've been having as of late it's kind of hard to argue with that to be honest and um, you're definitely having some major success now which is phenomenal to see um, and we're so excited for you to come on and talk about it. Obviously, the major success, a lot of major news been coming out recently about um, Midnight Western Theatre. Um, a comic oh, yes. that we had uh, an amazing, great opportunity to talk to you about previously on the show when it was coming out. Um, and it kind of wrapped up with five issues and we weren't sure what the next steps were going to be, if there were going to be any more for it at the time. Um, and then you've had some major news Recently, of different projects surrounding it, and yeah, this project seems to be really taking off. And
2: yeah, I got a, I got, I got some stuff cooking, and I and I'm and I'm happy to talk about, share some Lewis secrets with you guys in the Comics Clan. I I'm perfectly okay with that. No one's gonna sue me. I <laughs> think at, at, at the end of all this, we got some scoops.
0: Hey, we'll oh, take. Yeah, it. why
2: why why not? I'm I'm a gossip. I'm a blabbermouth. <laughs> Let's get uh, our own bleeding cool article. You know what I'm saying? You know, will we'll this this will be the uh, the hot scoop.
0: This is it. We'll get some reports coming in for Lewis Southern on Comics in the Cross reveals new gossip around Midnight Western Theater. Uh, for anyone who is tuning in who has missed our pre-show rant, even if you didn't miss it, you probably didn't hear much of it since I didn't unmute us for most of it. And um, if yeah. you do not know who Lewis Southern is, Lewis Southern is. A long-standing stay here at Comics and the Cross. He was our first ever guest in May of 2020, and um, came on at the time to talk about his book at the time, "Villains Seeking Hero," um, and, at, <laughs> and at that at that time he he told a little story. I think he, it even became part of like our intro video for the channel. Yeah, he was um, you telling the story of coming up with the idea of Goth Cowboys. And, the and how you'd you'd never seen it before and rushing home to create these characters and it's kind of been an amazing progression of like that was the first mention of Midnight Western Theatre in any shape and form on our channel
2: yeah that's, that's kind of funny
0: it evolved into us having you back on to actually talking about the comic and now it's evolving into even more stuff and even more projects from there and I'm like so it's been a really interesting progression of Midnight West to the air and taking this journey with you on it has been really kind of cool.
2: Isn't it ridiculous? Like I always, <laughs> I always think about that. Where it's like I literally, as I described, that was the it was the back project, mm-hmm. and it and it was just like, uh, yeah. That that I it sounds like exaggerated and embellished to some degree, but that is the honest to to, to truth. Like uh, origin of that book of well there there was some more like nitty-gritty that I like thought of when I was like sat at that cafe because like goth cowboys yeah like that's the, the punchline there but I also was like well what would that look like and I was like oh what if there was a fun dynamic of there was a a normal person and like a very powerful person mm-hmm. but the but the dynamic mm-hmm. is you're more afraid of the normal person like the batman superman approach yeah and uh and that's when i sort of came up with like the hortensia alexander dynamic of the of the first book mm-hmm. um I suppose. I suppose we should tell people. Yeah, I was, don't know what the book is. Yeah, I was
0: going to just say that. So, do you want to give a little bit of a synopsis of what Midnight Western Theater is? Because some of the, our listeners may not know what it is, and it's up to yourself how much information you want to give there. Because I know the book's been out for a while, but just in case they have not read it, you know, go buy it. First of all, go buy I'm it. The link to Scott Comics, the Midnight Western Theater, in the in the chat uh, right now. Well, actually, it's also if you on, put uh, ex- Amazon, if you put exclamation mark Lewis. In chat, nice. We've got a bunch of links set up, and the first one right there, you'll see, um, underneath Lewis's website, is Midnight Western Theater at Scout Comics, where you can buy all the comics and Midnight Western Theater merchandise.
2: It's also on Amazon if you don't want to go through the hassle of, of Scout. Uh, I think you can get all the the copies the copies in a digital bundle. So if you want yeah. to go through the Kindle Kindle reader, I think that would be the best way to get the whole story because the collected edition is not out yet because of the uh the paper shortage okay so going well to- that was something i was
0: going to actually ask you about i was kind of like like there's been no sign of like the trade being released for this and i'm like what's happening with that because i've honestly been waiting well, for then it then to I come yeah. out so <laughs> the, i've honestly been waiting for it so we can cover it because i usually wait for the trade of volume one so we can do it on our indie comic book club and i've been kind of sitting waiting like- and there's been no sign of it yet and i'm like I wonder if it's coming out on a trade, or if this is going to be like just single issues, or what's going on. But thank you. That answers a question before I even got to ask it.
2: Yeah. No. I uh, there was a um, a previews date, and then it kept kept getting pushed back. And then I just messaged my editor, and I was like, "Hey, what's going on here?" And yeah. He said, yeah. Paper.
0: Because I remember actually Sorry. messaging you about it and asking you, and I was like, "That's like, hey, is there a release date for this?" And you were like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be coming out like such and such a date." And then that date kind of came and went, and it was like it just. I kind of keep getting pushed off and then you know yeah, disappear. I,
2: uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna see the light of day eventually I'm not really yeah. too too fussed um, there's you know there's no short supply the only I think I think the only thing there's no short supply of physical issues if you need to go find it yeah but the, o- the, o- the only thing that's uh, that is in- sold out completely is the the first original issue. Uh, you can't get that mm. on scout anymore okay. that's all that's all gone uh but uh you can get the variants of issue one but you you can get it's uh, what i'm trying to say it's not difficult to find it if you.
0: yeah can. you can still find it the single issues are still there you can still go and grab them either online or at your local comic store check with them you can definitely find that better anyway, sorry that was a side tangent already Probably like five <laughs> minutes and we've already had a side tangent that's how we do, man. That's how um, we do. But yeah, so for anyone who has no idea what Midnight Western Theater is, or the setup for the story, or anything, by all means, pitch your book and let everyone know.
2: Okay, let me let me get into into hustler mode. Okay, <laughs> uh, Midnight Western Theater is a I, I've actually learned what the genre is. It's called it's it's technically classified as weird west, and huh, it weird. is.
0: That's a genre, yes. okay. That's a that's a, that's a
2: legitimate genre, and uh, uh, I I I I'm sad. To, I was sad to discover it's not goth cowboys. That's not just the <laughs> genre, but anyway, it is. Um, the first volume or volume one is a is it an anthology series? Each issue is a different adventure, uh, featuring the mysterious woman in black, who is your more traditional western hero accompanied by her right-hand man, uh, the persnickety and fussy Alexander Wortham the Reluctant Vampire, as they travel around the- throughout the 1860s and confront, um, problems either supernatural or very traditionally Western. And, uh, so yeah, that's- that is volume one. Uh, I, I- will say, even though it's an anthology, there are o- overarching elements, um, for the whole series so if you do read all five there is a bigger picture mm-hmm. um so so yeah that's my pitch
0: yeah so there you go a little bit of an insight into it and um, we'll not give away any other spoilers on the main book at this time if you want to find out what happens go I- and check it out and um, having been readers of it and have read it ourselves it is definitely worth checking out the story it's is really phenomenal. Cool. And really well written. The arts,
2: the arts, amazing. I'll say that. That's, yeah, uh, that's all. it's all. David Hahn and and Ryan Cody, who have I I've, I've been muttering to myself recently, like you know, always, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Because <laughs> seems like everyone I work with gets picked up by by the big two, and <laughs> it's 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 been it's been really it's been really like bugging me uh, lately. <laughs> Like, Hello. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, what, what about me though? Like, um, like David Hahn was already work has already worked with DC and Marvel, so he was like a, the big get for that. And ironically, he he only he mainly did it because he ha- he he has an affinity for goth people. So like that was that was an easy sell for him, because he did uh, he did the goth centric issue of Villain Seeking Hero. So that was that was a very easy. Um, transition, uh, but so he he was already like a big deal, and then R- Ryan Cody, the colorist, he's our now he's working for DC with Brian Michael Bendis, and it's like okay, what a jerk. like yeah, I hate him, <laughs> I hate him, he sucks. <laughs> uh, and then and then like I I worked I worked with this guy on a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that is only seeing the light of day now because I've been doing on Instagram um like. Not throwback, like uh, behind-the-scenes posts. Yeah, uh, projects, projects that never took off. And I had a main guy, Sergio uh, Acuña, who I would always reach out to and we'd like, I'd ask him to help. Like I'd show him my like terrible designs of characters, and then he'd make them look great. And uh, he I, and he even did like a, a a sample issue of a book I was working on called <clears throat> Astroverse and and this guy is great and uh great guy to work with and then guess what he gets picked up by dc too he's drawing aquaman and batman and, it, and and nightwing and it's it's so not not that i'm like i would say that i'm incredibly happy for anyone <laughs> in the industry that no this is genuine like i'm uh, like, <laughs> no, like, like no not
0: bad at all not bad at all you know
2: i i, I I could be a bit bitter but like knowing how hard it is to break into any publisher like when you make it there like i'm i'm happy for him yeah because it's it's tough it's tough for everyone and every as much as it is like a good um cooperative community you know (laughs) i like from everything i've experienced everybody's more than willing to help each other out because Mm -hmm. everyone gets how difficult it is yeah uh you're still also working with your competition or rivals at the same time um so that's it's definitely like a it's a weird it's a weird place to be but i guess that's like any any business you know everyone's your friend but everyone's also your competition
0: yeah you know
2: that's just how it is
0: yeah i think that's part of it with the comic industry though it's like it's nice to hear that there is that sort of Camaraderie to it, at least a little bit, of like that everyone gets it, but yeah, it must be bizarre as well because, like you said, like you're making friends and connections with these people, but at the same time, like I'm also kind of in competition because I'm trying to write a story that sells, yeah, yeah, and and people only have so much money, so I'm essentially trying to sell a book in place of someone else's book that they might pick up, Mm -hmm. so there is that little bit of competition as well, so it is a little bit weird in that sense of like. I get on really well with you, but I hope my book sells more than you at the same time, kind of, you <laughs> I know? Want to you. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, like, I want all the readers you have to read what I have and not, to not even acknowledge that you're doing anything. That's exactly.
0: It's mean. like it's that weird kind of concept to it of, like, you know, it's like I... You know, good luck to you, but I hope you lose. You know, I'm sure
1: throw that draft. Just throw it right in the trash. Thank you. What's the, what's that meme where
2: it's like I I don't just want to succeed. I want to watch others fail. Like yes, <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, like
2: that's 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 the way to go. Um, next? no, I no I hate that. No, one thing I'll say is at this point versus my my first ever appearance on this show. At the, at this point, I've worked with so many talented artists and colorists and letters uh, in the industry all like either professional or or uh, upcoming and you can kind of tell like right away who who's down just to like work and make something great versus somebody who's who thinks they're like hot stuff and, uh, and to be fair I uh, once upon a time I was that person like oh I'm what I've got I've got it made uh, I've got it Spirit King and Master Molecule and Nightman (laughs) these characters are going to become household names in three months time like this is this is you know big but you can kind of single it out and I've been fortunate enough to mostly work with just people who just want to work and make comics and make art and that to me is just the the spirit (laughs) of what this all should be of just people wanting to make something enjoyable not not enjoy like it could be an incredibly dour story but what i mean is everybody mm. working on the project <clears throat> is in, enjoying themselves yeah know? and that and that to me is the the most fulfilling part of any any creative team or just like the process where people genuinely care mm-hmm. or or if not care are ha- at least having a good time
1: well, I think it's like, I think it's telling that the, the project that took off for you is the one that you were like kind of most excited about, like the one that you wanted to have the most fun with, the one that kind of like, not that it didn't mean anything to you, but you were like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. And this is what I want to do. And that's the one that kind of took off. That's that's really cool.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy. You just don't know what will what will work and what will catch people's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you can come up with the biggest plan in the world. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because uh, you you just don't know how things are are gonna pan out, and uh, I've been lucky enough that with Midnight Western Theater, it like I guess I guess maybe when you put a lot, I guess that goes for anything. The less pressure you put onto something, the more mm-hmm. likely it is to do well or like to show the best side of you as a yeah. as a person,
1: because
2: mm-hmm. then then you don't if you don't care then you're it doesn't matter if it succeeds or fails it just is Mm -hmm. and and then that's just how it goes and i'm not gonna lie like i i think midnight western theater is like a fun and good and perfectly like all the pieces are there that's like a objectively it is just a a fine story but would i say that's my like proudest story i i don't know um but because it's so simple and because it works and this is going to be a good segue with the sequels that i'm working on because of its initial simplicity it's allowed me to just expand it in ways that i didn't even foresee Mm -hmm. when i was originally coming up with it yeah so so that's that's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving and that's something i knew from the beginning but you know just because you know something doesn't mean you're actually going to practice it Mm -hmm. of of the less of something there is the more that that it can be later on so so that's definitely one of the biggest lessons that i've learned from from mwt
0: yeah, and, bef- and you mentioned there obviously you, there's sequels coming out for this. And before we dive straight into that, I do want to ask, like, why, Like, from your perspective, why do you think people have connected so much with Midnight Western Theater? Like, because this because, like, you like you kind of said, this was the book, this was the back burner, this was the this is the fun story, goth cowboys. You know, it's like who, we've never seen anything like that, and and it's actually kind of really connected with people, even like you know. Like with all the big announcements coming out obviously it's been over social media and stuff it's like but yeah there's been a lot of posts and a lot of people checking the book out and a lot of people excited about it and a lot of people into it like from your perspective why do you think this connected so well with people and people go into it and
2: well this this book actually gave me uh like or gave me things i always like wanted with the comic book i this was the first comic where i received fan art it's mm. the first comic where i received i uh, like i saw somebody that i, I had no idea or uh, like somebody i didn't know who made their own cosplay um mm. one of one of my favorite things is uh i saw online somebody had made hortensia in red dead redemption 2 online
0: nice. as, oh that's cool as, as, <laughs> as, their,
2: as their as their character uh, and i i don't i okay i i'll be honest number one I think the designs are sick I do think that the, they are that from from surface level if we're gonna judge a book by its cover it's not a bad cover like the, the characters visually look interesting mm-hmm. and uh, that is is definitely to the the, the book's benefit. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: It's very visually distinct yeah. but in terms of like the actual stuff that's there, one of the the common threads, that I've seen that people just love is how these two characters interact with each other, and just the dynamic. Um, and I I will say that uh, it was another segue. Um, the the person who wrote the pilot script for uh, the adaptation, he he I'm I'm like a creative consultant for the television development because they asked me questions about, like, where I'm taking the book and whatnot. Well, that's and, good. I'm glad uh, to hear that
0: at the very least.
2: Yeah, and, and he, uh... He told me that, like, one of the big things that he got from it was, like, these characters just... Like, you can tell... They have such, like, a bickering, bantering relationship, but they at the end of the day, like... It's like only they can insult each other like that. Yeah. If you, if you were, like... If you call Alexander stupid then it's like, Hortensi would be like, what do you say to him?
1: And yeah.
0: And then it's yeah. like... Yeah, it's, very, it's like, very sibling mentality of like, that's like, hey, you don't pick on them, that's my job, sort of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah.
2: So is- that, it, it, there's like, a, and it's a lot of stuff that I even read in reviews when the book was coming out, where one of my favorite lines ever in a review for one of my books was, in issue five, issue five is all a conversation between Hortensi and Alexander when they meet for the first time. And the re- the reviewer said this is a writer who truly understands human connection. And after I read that, I'm like, this guy couldn't have pegged me all wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but just seeing that, um, I guess that's just it. There's just like a the main characters just have a decent human connection, and I think that really that really works with people. Yeah. Uh, so I I think I think. You know, the, it's it, there's there's style and there's a little bit of substance.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh so yeah, I think
2: that's why I think that's why people are uh, are enjoying it. So that's yeah.
0: good. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, the, the look of the book, the style of the characters, everything like that is definitely in the book's favor. I mean, Bertens and Alexander are phenomenal design, You know.
2: Yeah. No. They. They. I don't know. They. They just work. They just work one of my favorite little things i ever received was um i guest starred on on a on a podcast and one of the people who was there was like a clay sculptor guy Mm. and he told me that he enjoyed the book so much that he made a clay sculpture of um of hortensia painted it all up and he painted it all up and uh he sent it to me and that and that's one of my most like uh like that's like a trophy in terms of uh, comic uh, of my comics career of just like just seeing that people are enjoying something that I made yeah that's really yeah. that's just really cool that's
1: that's so cool that's insane that yeah. on
0: social media yeah I mean that's same to think of though like because we, we talked a lot in the pre-show about like the the train wreck of the journey of villain seeking heroes was and um, and the kind of path that went on but to go from kind of like this like train wreck of just trying to get this book out and into people's hands and you know for anyone who sees the links there it's like you can get it on lewis's Gumroad still but like oh, that yeah. that's that's essentially it that's essentially if you want to read that book that's like the only place it's you're going to get it now
2: i've tried pitching it to so many publishers and it's just it, it's something i had to learn the hard way it's super indie superheroes unless you're really well established you're not going to get your foot in the door. Nah,
0: it's know? just it's too oversaturated at this point. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just So and I mean even even mar- the indie superhero market is like oversaturated with Invincible and The Boys and you know, especially with those taking off in other mediums as well. Like I can only imagine trying to pitch some sort of superhero, you know, story even in the indies is like no, there's too much of that.
2: Yeah, no, that uh yeah, that's that's really um, yeah, that was rough. But it, it has taught me that uh, the way the after learning that the hard way, it's taught me just to focus on other genres and kind of push myself into yeah. like what else can I do? Like yeah. what 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 other ideas have we have we got? I and I don't I don't want to. Go too far into it, but I'd be happy to talk about other projects that I have in the works as well. Yeah, outside of yeah, Midnight dude. Western Theater. I mean, we're definitely um, going to
0: get into some of that. Um, let's hit some of the stuff that's coming up for Midnight Western Theater, the Midnight Western Theater universe as it's growing and expanding. Yeah, and then we'll hit yeah, the, some other projects. W T yeah. universe. <laughs> the Weird Westverse
1: is what we're calling it.
0: Zack
2: Snyder's Midnight <laughs> Western Theater
1: universe. The Snyder cut.
0: Uh, we'll get some hashtags going on Twitter Twitterverse, <laughs> Snyderverse. That's another gut. But yeah, so let's start, let's stick with the comics first of all. Um okay. Because, like, we've got Minute Western Theater came out, five issues, boom. So what was the steps then to, like, when that first happened, did you think, okay, I'm done with this for a while? Or did you have sequel ideas in mind? And how did it come to fruition that these were going to start... You know being processed and start being written and put together like what was the process of like continuing the story of midnight western theater
2: well i was lucky enough that the book was i, I can't say it was like a, a financial blockbuster mm-hmm. but it was a critical enough success that the publisher was like we want a sequel mm. and as well as they, it, the 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 CEO thought that there was a lot of potential with this book, um, so I I they they they're like yeah what what else you got so I, I immediately started thinking about what I could make and fortunately I for myself at the end at the beginning of issue five there is a small setup of Hortensia as a young girl meeting. Uh, an older woman, or is saved by an older woman named Sarah Bishop. And it the, the little flashback, because each issue opened with a flashback opening. Um, it ended with the two of them meeting for the first time. And I also looked a lot at the first Midnight Western Theater, and I was like, this is... This gives you a lot about who Alexander is more than Hortensia. Mm. Like... And and I was like, huh, there's not a lot. You get an idea. You know, you kind of know who Hortensia is, but you don't know how Hortensia became the woman in black. And that's when it clicked. So my sequel idea was a prequel Mm -hmm. where it's like, why don't we write a story of how Hortensia became the woman in black and like, like how she came up with that persona? taught her these things like why she's doing it in the first place mm-hmm. um and that whole inception that whole idea just sparked the uh, just like going into that and that's led into the the whole idea for the sequel and uh i will reveal that the 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 sequel is called uh midnight western theater subtitle witch trial so that Ooh. is that is the title we're working with, and we have a very. I, I I thought the art of the first volume was good. All the art in volume two obliterates it. Dang. Oh wow! And I'm not I'm not saying that like as a hype man like oh go buy my book. I'm saying this like there is so much going on, and not like it's not like so dense. Every frame is filled with something, but it's more like. There is so much effort because, uh, you know, I I was mentioning earlier, like volume one is mostly a lot of pros um, Mm -hmm. working together to make a product. And that's that's good. Like the youngest, uh, like the most freshman person there was myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. This second volume, it's mostly hungry, up and coming creators. That's awesome. And and everybody on it is putting in their their A game. Uh, it's it's artist uh, Butch Mappa. Uh, he has a couple credits. He's done some IDW stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, and we have Sean Peacock, who's more of an indie colorist. Okay. Uh, my my ever loyal letterer is back, Buddy Bodu, and I'll stick with him to the end, ends of the earth. He's my guy. And um, cover artist is Julianne Griep. I think is how you pronounce your last name. And everybody is operating at 100%. And it is so... It's so cool to see of, like, this little little evolution. Like, it's all consistent. The art's not, like, jarringly different. But it's certainly Butch, Butch Mappa's own style. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's... You know, you, you can read the two, and you're not going to think it's, like, two completely different... Uh, worlds you know it's the vibes are utterly consistent um so so yeah no I'm very I'm from what we have we only have I think butch is currently working on issue three it's gonna be another five issue mini okay uh, you know and it's yeah no it, I am I'm very proud of everyone working on this book and I'm very proud I'm even proud of myself surprisingly for the for the story that i have uh, i have written for this one and I is think...
0: that is that going to be the same creative team working on both the prequel and the new upcoming sequel or is it going to be different teams on each book
2: oh no there there is um the prequel is the sequel like mm-hmm. mwt2 is going to be a prequel so uh i I'll, i won't lie uh I I have this in mind as a as a trilogy of volumes, I have a I have a whole uh, road map, and I think if things go the way I hope they do, I should be able to actually finish this trilogy. That's awesome. Um, so we're currently in the we're in the middle stage right now, and uh, I think I think it's going to do pretty pretty. I'm not gonna get too excited, but I think it's going to do okay, and. Uh, i i would love to work with this team again for other stuff but it really it it also just depends on the on availability yeah uh, Mm -hmm. and and interest as well as are these the right people to tell this specific kind of story yeah so
0: um yeah i'm just curious just because of the change in the team between obviously the first and second volume and it's like it's going to be really interesting to see that comparison between the two and yeah i'm really excited especially with it like you said it's a it's a total change kind of in processing almost because it's this like veteran team who have had these credits to their name now transitioning to this like this almost like up and coming team of like these like you said young and hungry creators who yeah they've done some things and they've got a few credits to their name but they're still almost in that hungry i'm going to prove how good i am sort of mentality kind of like yourself in a certain extent like i know how good i am and i'm going to show the world how good i am sort of mentality
2: I, I will say this uh if if MWT was me having fun um MWT 2 is me actually a little a little angry uh it's me it's me with something I want to say
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: like I ha- I have s- there's a very clear kind of message in in MWT 2 that I don't wish to spoil okay but it's 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 very much like I I'm trying to get a certain message across uh, and that's really it's really interesting and everybody who's I have I have written all of it and everybody who's read it um, says like it just make it like it retroactively makes you look at MWT one in a completely different light Hmm. you know it's one of those it's one of those things where it it almost makes the first volume better uh, in retrospect. That's awesome. So, it's I'm really I'm really happy with it, and I would even argue that it's scarier than it, the first one. Well, the first one's not that scary, but the the sequel is definitely. It's a very I it's a very uncomfortable type of scary. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: Mm-hmm. So okay, made... this is sort of really intriguing. Like I'm really. Excited to check this out again now when it finally drops. So that that's going to be awesome.
2: But it's also, I'll, I'll, uh, I, I just want to talk about it. It's also yeah, also go like, for it, man.
1: The, the,
2: <laughs> it's completely flipped on its head. It's a completely different dynamic, because um, because is 17 years old in it, and she's working with this elderly her her foster mother essentially, who is an adventurer, Sarah Bishop, the Wild West Witch. As I call her, and and it's Alexander's nowhere in sight, and it's just you get to see this less sure of herself, Hortensia, which is very, it's very cool to write because it's like Horten- Hortensia in the main book, is knows everything about everything. She's confident as can be, yeah. so it's kind of see to fun to see her when she wasn't like that, mm-hmm. and and the dynamic of her and Sarah is so much fun to write because it's writing this mother-daughter relationship where they they don't get along but they also love each other at the same time and uh, Sarah is also taking the place of Alexander in the form of comedic relief but Sarah is more dry in comparison to Alexander's more uh, flamboyant and, and whiny nature so everything's everything's different but it couldn't be more the same and i think that's that it, by itself is a very good thing to see when making a continuation of a of an intellectual property um i you know you think you get what you had in the first bit and then you just expand it like what else can we do mm-hmm. and and I'm very, I'm very pleased with it. Uh, and that, that's all I'm gonna say. Oh wait, no, I'll say this. One last little, <laughs> one la- last little reveal. Uh, I, I did an interview with a little, little zine in, in Portland, and the ma- the guy who was doing the interview kept asking me, what's the deal with the skeleton horse? Because she has the, the, the skeleton horse in the. In the first volume, and they, they don't address it. Nobody addresses it. And he's like, "What's <laughs> what's a giant what's
1: the... horse that's a skeleton that's walking around?"
2: Yeah, it's like, why? Where does she get this? What is its name? And I was like, "Don't worry, my friend. Volume two uh, reveals the origin of the skeleton horse. Nice. So if you're an animal lover, and you and you don't like comics, at least buy the comic to learn to learn about this." Quirky new hit animal character that everybody's gonna want a plushie of. So, uh, so yeah, See, you can't so say you'll, stuff
0: you'll... like that out loud. I need a plushie of this horse now, that needs to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: yeah, no, you get to learn its origin and you get to learn its name. And right. I am, cool. I think, uh, I think if you're somebody who's a stickler for details, which some people are, um, they're gonna get a kick out of uh, learning about all that.
1: So you said said the volume is already written and they're starting to work on it, like uh, the the actual comic, like the art and stuff like that. When should we expect it
0: out? Yeah. Is there a set time for it yet, or...?
2: The problem with... uh, Not the problem... Well, (laughs) the the deal with uh, Scout Entertainment is that you need three issues completely done before they start soliciting it. Mm, Or they start planning solicitation. So right now... The only one that's completely done is issue 1. Okay. Uh issue 2 is in the midst of being colored and issue 3 is being drawn as we oh, speak. So. so, I imagine by late probably by early to mid September I will be able to turn everything in and we should expect solicits. I would I would I'd place my bets on an early 2023 release.
0: Nice, so, nice. that be cool.
1: That's awesome. So
2: that'll that should be when it comes out. So that's not too far away from when the original came out. So I'm happy that there's not too much of a of a gap.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that's not too bad turnaround time on like getting a sequel made and done for it and. It's kind of cool to think that it's getting worked on, and I kind of like Scout's thing of like, that we need three issues before we start soliciting, trying to avoid that, the Marvel and DC of just falling behind on stuff coming out, like, it's... That works. If the story's good enough, I'm willing to wait. Yeah. And I'm sure it will be.
2: I, uh, I don't, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. I think, um, I think, I think I would appreciate if they did, like, a a bi-monthly release because mm. then then it would be able to come out and uh, while we're still working on it and it would get done in time yeah but you know it's not it's not up to me uh th- although uh, yeah it's not so <laughs> you know i'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like oh how dare you publish my comic book the incorrect way <laughs> i'm I'm gonna happily take what I can get um so so yeah I think it depends too like i'm never gonna if somebody's making good art you never rush them just no. like it's qua- it's quality over quantity every 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 time uh and i i i would just hate to think like to put deadlines on on people where it's like no let's make the best thing we can make Yeah. instead yeah. of trying to hit a certain date because no, i think absolutely. When, whenever it comes out like people are gonna if it's if it's good or if it's interesting people are going to pick it up regardless so yeah. um
0: well that's it it's like oh. i mean you don't want to lose that artwork and that quality of art on it because that's one of the things like you said yeah. that, that drew people in in the first place you want to make sure the second book doesn't people don't pick it up and go well, wait a minute this is a massive drop in quality you know you want yeah. them to get mm-hmm. the best that they can possibly get
2: yeah no i i that's that's what i think oh there's something i wanted to say um, oh, one thing uh, yeah one, one little other caveat I will say to the sequel or the prequel, um, you don't even need to read the first one to to read this one. And I think that's that's great like because it's the it's the mentality of everybody's comic book is somebody's first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's presented in a way where you'll read it, you'll get it, there's nothing left out. If you've read both then you'll get obviously more mm-hmm. out of it. Um, but this is a, an excellent jumping-on point as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's also certainly to its benefit.
0: No, absolutely. And that's always a cool thing with that, is that, you know, if you've read the first one, obviously you get that enhancement. But yeah, like a, this could bring in a whole brand-new group of readers who are like, hey, I want to check out this cool comic that's showing up, and they're not going to be like, wait a minute, I need to go back and get the previous issues and get caught up with everything. So that's... Yeah that's cool that you can jump into the prequel like that and still get a full and fulfilling story out of it, you know?
2: Yeah, no, it's pretty good. It's pretty good! I I will not complain. (laughs) Um,
0: And of course with with the Night Wisdom Theatre, we have the sequel coming out, the sequel being worked on. But it's also making a jump out of the comic world, um, as we kind of mentioned briefly, and it's in the process of being turned into a television show, we need to know everything. So, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay. So, when did you find out that it was getting solicited for television? And what can you tell us about it at this point? Because we've seen a few reports and stuff, but obviously, we're going to pester you and annoy you until you tell us more. Of course. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I, I caught wind of this in the summer. I would say August of 2021 where I received an email of uh from the CEO of the company uh forwarding me like some information about uh an agency that was interested in adapting the book and it didn't really nothing else really came from it until earlier this year where it all kind of got more serious and you know contracts were signed and sure enough this is uh, an agency being like we're gonna we're gonna try to we're gonna write a pilot script we're going to uh, you know talk to a bunch of people and we're gonna try to get this off the ground and uh, they I mentioned earlier I am technically a uh, a creative consultant where the people writing the stuff uh, like they wrote a a pilot script and they wrote a Bible and just wanting to learn more about the the characters in the world and
1: mm-hmm.
2: the the sequels and the prequels of that I plan on writing um, they were like we just want to know uh, you know your lore you know yeah. the stuff that you want to that's gonna be in the books so that way we could try to create as many parallels as possible yeah. so I spent I spent quite a it's quite uh, quite a fair time with uh, talking to the screenwriter about that, and uh, he's pretty down on keeping things faithful, but he's certainly making changes when he deems them to be necessary. Uh, I have read the pilot script at this point. It's all done, and it is a, one of the most gratifying feelings <laughs> I've ever felt. Is when they lift actual lines from the book for the for the script. Yeah, and that makes me feel really good in the sense of like they thought that that was so good that it needed to carry over. Yeah, so I'm I'm very I'm very That's happy awesome. about that. Uh, but I I can't get into too many details mm-hmm. about it. Uh, but it is. It's pretty... They pretty much nailed it. They pretty much nailed it of what it's supposed to be. There's there's some stuff that's different, but it's nothing that's really, like, jarring. It's nothing yeah. that's really going um, it's, to... It's not making me want to, like, punt myself into the sun. You know, it's everything. <laughs> it's not like, oh, we took your idea, but... We took your idea, but yeah, uh, we, we figured it'd be better if, uh, like, the first ten minutes were in the Wild West, and then the rest were set in New York, and then they started working with the NYPD as uh as consultants, you know, to solve supernatural crimes. <laughs> that's so a modern
1: reimagining. Like,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... No, I always say... Oh, sorry.
0: Well, I was just gonna say, it's like that's what I was kind of curious with, like, with the show coming, because that's a really cool thing to have it turned into the show, and I'm like, I'm intrigued with. Like the pitch and the story for it is because obviously, like as we've talked about, the first volumes came out, and you're you know mm-hmm. the second volumes written at this moment, and I'm like, but if this has been turned into an ongoing series, obviously that can kind of, they can run through that in a season, you know. It's like, Dude, if I'm the, gonna, so like, I'm
2: gonna get George R. R. Martin. <laughs> um, they're gonna, they'll, they'll make it. They'll make it before I'm even done, and it's not even gonna look the same. You're gonna be like, eh,
0: that's, what was, to be done. Done. That's, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking." Like, yeah. is this gonna go Game of Thrones? Like, oh, the books aren't done yet. Okay, we're just gonna go our own direction with it now. It's kind of at that point. It's like, you I know, don't,
2: I don't care. I don't care. I'm I to be honest. <laughs> like, I I can't be bothered to think. Like, that's I, I was talking to somebody about this recently, where it's like, that's too big for my brain. Yeah. To wrap my head around, like, I've got other stuff to worry about, you know. I've got my own life. The last, then it's like, oh, oh, the TV show. I'm like, no, forget that. <laughs> nah. Like, you guys, you guys, like, you guys worry about that, and I'm gonna focus on what my brain can actually comprehend. Yeah, um, like, I am, I am, I'm happy doing whatever they need me to do. Uh, but I am not looking at that like that is my my legacy or that is like, oh, yeah, this is... I'm not, I'm not even excited about it, which is kind of a terrible thing to say. But it's more like I'm just trying to focus on what I genuinely want to make. Uh, yeah. I'm not... This was never meant to be a TV show. Like, I just want to make comic books. And I'm yeah. trying to make the things I like. I'm trying to write the stories I want to tell. And... You know, this is all kind of taught me of why comics are such a great medium, because, you know, this is this is a process in which there's going to be so many fingers and so many pies for this for this thing. You know, like too many cooks and uh, like I it's going to get scrutinized and then people are going to it's just so complicated and it's like I'm I'm just gonna stick with my little world that I made and I'm just gonna tell Butch or David hey could you draw uh, an evil I don't know uh, tree in that panel and guess what he'll do it I don't have to talk to I don't have to talk to lawyers or CGI like VFX artists yeah or 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 like a, a, a team of people to be like, can we have an evil tree in this scene? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, but, but then again, I don't even count as as anybody. Like I'm just the I'm just the guy who made it.
0: Yeah, you know? you're the, you're the creative then, uh, consultant who they can completely and utterly ignore if they choose to. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like
2: yeah. So it's like it's not <laughs> it's even it's, it's, it's not even worth it. It's not even it's not it's not worth the time to worry about it. It's just. Uh, all I want all I genuinely want is if it if it keeps going the way I think it will uh I want it to either be really good or really bad mm-hmm. I I would be very happy if it was like on sci-fi and the CGI is terrible and it doesn't even look like the it doesn't even look like the wild west it looks like like a Sears parking lot <laughs> I'd be I'd be happy with that um, the, a, a, and if it was like on HBO with like a like Aubrey Plaza as as Hortensia, then I'd be like, okay, that's that's great too. But like, I'm I'm the last thing I want is it to just to be mediocre, you know? Yeah,
0: I think that's it. It's like it's you don't want it to be this forgettable, mediocre thing that just happened at some point, you know. At least, it, oh, at least be at least be laughably bad if you're gonna be bad you know and just yeah.
2: I, I would love for it to be on like the CW uh, you, you get it to be like a, a Riverdale type show oh
0: oh my goodness be, I can only imagine what the amazing. CW would do with it that.
2: that'd be amazing I would love that it, like it, they do the flash thing where she gets little bits of her costume as the series progresses you know she gets the hat one season she gets the jacket the next season. <laughs> And then, and then one season they tease the striped pants like she sees on a mannequin and says, "I'll never wear that." And then, and then you know, ha ha ha, because she will eventually.
0: <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> see, look, I, why are they hiring me? I could write these in a heartbeat. I could write the.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. If this is not I like a see. CW style show now, I'm going to be very disappointed. This, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very we into know, this idea know. now. <laughs> but I mean, but it's it. But it's just kind of cool, though, just the sheer fact of, like, to think that you've created this comic that's not only captured people's attention, it's got critical acclaim, but that someone went, hey, I want to make a TV show about that. Yeah. You know, regardless of how well or how awful the show ends up doing, like, that's pretty cool. That's got to feel awesome. You know, that you've created this comic that someone went, hey, I want to turn that into something else as well, and it, you know, they thought so much of it that, like, I have to do something with that.
2: I, I have to admit it was a, it felt good when I learned about it uh, when I when I got the email it genuinely it made me feel like okay I am I'm actually doing something good if that makes sense like I'm doing well that's when it kind of clicked where it's like okay I'm not a hack fraud yeah <laughs> you know all, all the imposter syndrome kind of kind of it didn't fade away completely but it was certainly, yeah. it took a massive punch to the face
1: yeah that's like, awesome
2: okay okay I'm not I'm doing I'm doing all right and uh, it, it has led to um, I guess I guess people taking me more seriously in the industry as well Yeah, uh, which is which is sad because <laughs> it's <laughs> like I'd rather I'd rather people just treat me seriously based on like the merit of my work rather than um like like just one article of a definite maybe
0: yeah. like
2: i'd ra- i'd rather people just pay attention to just the stories i'm writing and the the people i'm working with and i think i think that's more worthwhile um but you know i i'm not going to complain you know every yeah. every every little step uh is is a step regardless of how you feel about it
0: no, absolutely, absolutely. It's you know, it's like it, like you said. It's kind of sad that it's like that's the thing that's got people to take you a bit more seriously in the industry is the fact. Hey, you did this project, and it's now. Hey, you know, I'll admit,
2: uh, I, I how I carry myself online, <laughs> and how I, uh, like I I, I can, and how young I am, as well. Uh, and not to me, I'm I can't lie. Like I don't have many books to my name, so it's like uh. it it certainly is a boost and one thing many people say like i have no consistency uh with my online presence and uh that is to my detriment but i gotta i cannot be bothered to carry on with with the internet i i am i am such a luddite in terms of all that like uh and i i'm like oh i'm just going to do post this thing and it's like that's not what you're supposed to do my my ex would barrage me with like tips on how to increase my my market value and my uh, pub online persona it's like if you make a facebook and then make a facebook page and then have two separate accounts a personal and a and a main account then you'll attract this amount of followers and then if you uh, like retweet all this art and then then like Interact with people and do this and do that, and then I just kind of, my brain just exploded. It's like a full-time impl- job. Yeah, well, I I already have a job,
1: so it's <laughs> like, I'm saying.
2: like that's like I can't be. It's just it's just not fun. It's just not fun, and it's not it's not how I perceive what the. No. What who I am on the internet should be. I don't want to be one of those people who's like, "What's up, guys? Welcome back to my new video. Like, <laughs> click that, smash that like button, and and <laughs> what's up? What's up, the Lutopian Army? Like, 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 I, I can't. I don't have that in me. I one hundred
0: percent calling your fans of Lutopian Army now. Lutopian that is a army. thing. That is a yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> gonna get get that hashtag going later on today
2: (laughs) i just you know when i when i was young young when i was a teenager i would i would have loved to have been like a youtube celebrity but now i am tired and i am i am my body is broken and sore (laughs) and i i love i love quiet i love peace i love going outside and and talking to people and uh i i love i love making coffins and uh i was gonna
0: say that as like this 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 man who hates like you know i'm not gonna go in here and post to get followers i'm gonna go in and show myself building a coffin yeah with no with no explanation as to why i'm building it just i'm building a coffin it's like okay (laughs) is he planning on
2: murdering someone keep him guessing keep him guessing every time like that's that's what it should be. I think the thing I love most
0: about the coffin posts was the fact that like it was a multi-post thing. Like it start, yeah. it was like a multi-day process and it was like the first time ever I've seen you like literally posting pictures in multiple days of the process of creating something. I can show the creation <laughs> of writing a script, I can show the creation of the art getting done from a Comics, no, I'm gonna show the process of how far along in creating this coffin I am. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I, I love what, it. I know like, what people want. I know what people want. want absolutely. You
1: don't want to see my comic. <laughs> Here's me making a coffin.
0: Like love it. I like, And I, at the same I time, got... I'm looking at that and I'm like, yeah, that's loose. This... <laughs> yeah.
2: I got, a, I got a lot of attention in the neighborhood, I'll say that. A lot of people coming by to ask me lots of questions.
0: I, I bet you did offer of that. Yeah, if...
2: no, my oh sorry we don't need to talk about the coffin no i was just
0: gonna say if we actually have a, a question in chat from a friend of ours tom levine and uh, he's just asking Hello, tom. he's just asking about um like you're not really posting and not really the sort of social media posting person it's like well how do you approach your marketing for stuff then like if you've got a new title coming out or new stuff coming out how do I you just... approach the marketing or do you even approach the marketing
2: I, I do I do uh, that's that's probably when you'll see me be the most active when I have something coming out then I will I will share uh, and I, I try to go on the podcasts and stuff but if I don't really have anything going on then I don't really bother um, I as well as just like you know fortunately I, I have a uh, a publisher that you know does some of the marketing for me as well. So it's, but you know, you you have to carry your own weight. So yeah, I'll, don't worry. I, I do come online and I do I do make a post and I share things
1: um, with a smattering of coffin making videos.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's. It plays uh, into the old
1: a, midnight western. Uh,
2: yeah, honestly, it's it creates a creates a level of mystique. That uh, that I need to uh, keep my brand ever en- what's the word enigmatic yeah uh, yes yeah, so uh so yeah that's good.
1: You need to write uh, yourself into a, an issue where you're making coffins in the background.
2: I, I will say this um I am uh well well here uh I, I don't want to get into that well I'll talk about it later uh, I'm sure it'll come up but uh yeah no I do I do uh, do advertising I do make my own posts. I I am. I am interested in advertising, like the the making of ads, and so like that that by itself makes me want to post because I'll go into Photoshop and I will design stuff. Like one of the my most favorite things I ever did was I took the double page splash from issue three of Midnight Western Theater, and it it's just like a John Fordian page of just a a man on a horse and he's very small but you see like the dust cloud behind him and it's you mainly just focus on the landscape and the sky Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to represent just like the expansiveness of the of the wild west and what i did was i just went into photoshop and i grabbed like a bunch of those like a bunch of one-liners from reviews and i scattered them all around and that to me was an interesting project of trying to make that look good mm-hmm. and trying to come up with like one of those things you see all the time in, like in, in movie uh, commercials or, or even just like paper ads. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, I think if it's a project, I think it's the greatest way to get me active on something or to care about something. It, do I actually get to make it? Do I yeah. actually get to craft it? or have some say then i'm like oh yeah then i'll do it but uh that's interesting yeah so that's that's the way i think about it i guess
0: and yeah, follow on for that tom's got a, another question so as well just jump into that and how did you get into working with scout comics you kind of mentioned it well, earlier like you got the contract from them but what was the lead up to that and how did that come about
2: Absolutely nothing I just uh, went onto their website I looked up uh, to see if they had a submissions portal and sure enough they had an open submissions portal and I just sent it. uh and i i they they liked it enough that they said yeah sure so uh that's that, awesome that was that was it was that easy so I love it, it was that and straightforward
0: and then, it? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah yeah i i, I can't I can't say otherwise like some people um, you know some people don't believe that the submissions the open submissions work uh, no they do um, so you just have to you know get lucky um, yeah no th- uh, Fortunately, um, I am now ingratiated enough in the industry that I have uh, contacts I have like a, a good assortment of publishers that if I have an idea, I can just talk to them. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. fortunately, I can skip the process a little bit. Uh, but it's nothing... It's still the same same idea. It's just, you know, they just bump you ahead of the line a bit. Mm-hmm. So
0: Yeah, you still make to go and you still make to pitch them something and or, see if they're actually or interested you, uh, in that.
2: Yeah, or it's companies that don't have uh, open submissions portals that, you know, you get the contact. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then you can start pitching, because they're yeah. uh, like, "Oh, you 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 have ideas. Talk <laughs> to us about them." And then it's like, "Oh yeah, I, I have had an, an idea once or twice. I can, I can do that.
0: you can do so, this Yeah, nice." But yeah, thank you so much for those questions, Tom. I Appreciate it. Thank uh, you, Tom. And um, so, obviously, kind of talking about like the the pitching and the creative process and all of that. And um, apart from what's going on with Midnight Western Theatre and the many avenues that are now opening up with that what other projects and what other things are you working on at the moment is there anything you can give us a little insight yeah. into or
2: Yeah, I could talk about uh, both of them uh, no there's three um, I've got three other so as of right now I've got four projects going um, The first one being what we just discussed, uh, Mm -hmm. Midnight Western Theater Witch Trial. Uh, I guess the second one that is most, I guess, done is a graphic novel uh, of, it's a collection of 10 short horror stories, Uh, and the title for that, I shared the cover for for it a couple days ago. And it is called uh Lewis Southard's Terrifying Tales to Keep to Yourself. And <laughs> and it's it's ten stories, each one being done by a different artist. Um and each one is done in a completely different style of writing. Because I wanted to have a, a project to uh well it wasn't my idea initially, it was i was speaking to someone and they they said like why don't you make a collection of you know stories that can showcase your range because then people can see that you could write different things yeah and i was like yeah that's a great idea so i ran with that and uh that's what i have so the there's 10 stories um five of which are done as of right now uh the five that are done are Penny and the Mechanical Mister Strawberry. Wait, let me see if I, I want to. Yeah, let me pull up the the pitch document.
1: Nice.
2: I, I'll re, I'll read you the synopses right now. Why not? Yeah, yeah uh, go big for it. scoop.
0: Huh?
2: Okay, let me. I gotta get onto the right uh right account.
0: No worries. Yeah. So
2: so luckily, <laughs> luckily this is like a big a big this is probably my biggest project yet because it there's so many people working on it and I've got to meet so many like really amazing uh people so and and I'm just very happy with uh let's see I'm just very happy with how it's going and that I could kind of spearhead um a project of this size um and it, it's been very it's been very interesting, I'll say that. Okay, I got the, I got the pitches, or uh, the, the synopses. So we've the, the ones that are done, uh, we have Penny and the Mechanical Mr. Strawberry, which is a little girl and her robot guardian search for a toy in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, after that, it's How to Seduce Commuting Women on the Train. A step-by-step guide on seduction goes awry when a wannabe playboy chooses the wrong victim. Uh, After that is the mouse in the house, which is a fantastical critter, is sent to amaze and delight a lonely man. Uh, After that is do skeletons dream of dead sheep, which is an everyday average... (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Yeah. An everyday average skeleton has a bad day at the office. Uh, then we have What We Find Where There Is Nothing, An End Night Adventure, which is A demon knight stares into the void, and the void not only stares back, but retaliates. Uh, and then we have five, the five that are not done yet are uh, The Infinite Woods, which is a pioneer couple travel deep into the forest to discover they've already been there. Uh, fashion Victim, an incredibly fashionable bedsheet ghost world is turned upside down when he discovers a ghost with more style than him.
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: sea-, sea Dogs, uh, a soul surviving pirate, is hunted down in the depths of his ship by a raider unlike any other. Uh, feels like I forgot something. A person's memory comes into question when the world around them seems to change at an alarming rate. And finally, this is something I was alluding to earlier when you said, like, I should put myself in the comic. The final s- horror story is called The Creative Genius of a Generation. A super talented comic book writer endures ego indoors ego death in a more extreme sense.
1: So, <laughs> That's awesome.
0: They you know, sound amazing. I'm uh, am not yeah, going to lie. They really sound cool. good. I've um, got them- a question in chat as well asking him. Um, is it a publisher that's backing this one for you, or is this a self-published thing? Or
2: I, I have, I, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Oh, but, but, but it should be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a a bigger step. I'll Ooh. say that.
0: Oh no! You've really piqued my interest now with that one. Well, now I. I mean,
1: we we gotta talk about.
0: It. <laughs> 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 but honestly, like no, those does sound really interesting, and even just the types of stories, just from the titles and the synopsis, like, it's... that is a really interesting range of stuff there, and it's like... Uh, yeah,
2: it's, uh... I showed it to my, my... my... the the pages that are done, I showed them to my aunt, who is, like... she's 80, and uh, I showed her some of the stories, and then she's like, you're sick in the head. Just <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> of... Uh, some of the stuff that I came up with, it's, um... it's very... It's a very eclectic uh, collection, which I suppose is a good thing if you want to have a wide variety of stories, but they all they all range like one one is presented like a children's book, yeah. one is presented like an old school sword and sorcery, one is like a slice of life, and some of them are, you know, ridiculous and hilarious. And others are just like very dour and and horrifying, so it's so it's 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 just a good good collection and i and i think uh it, it it's gonna you know do exactly what i want it to do and just showcase like oh yeah no i can i could do a lot of different stuff
0: that's yeah simple, man that sounds really cool Um i know you can't really talk about the publishers you said are you able to share any of the artists who are working on any of these stories or yeah. any of them that are involved in it because you said you've got different yeah. artists working on the different stories so
2: yeah i got i got you um Okay. So artists we've got Domenico uh, Pagano, uh, Raven Warner, Lane Lloyd, Maggie Vicnair, and Colleen Palmer. Huh. And then colorist we have uh, Hugo Aquino. Uh, letterers Rob Jones and Buddy Boduin, and the cover artist is Julianne Grieb. That's the that's my call sheet as of right now. Nice. Um, I have I have shared snippets um, of the projects, uh, specifically the the skeleton stream of dead sheep. I keep sharing that one because that's the one that keeps making me crack up the most. I, I don't I don't even I just get one glance at it, I just start burst out laughing, like it that one's that one's definitely uh, more one of my favorite ones. in that one, but uh, yeah, that one's real good. So, yeah, that's probably the, the biggest one I'm working on uh, right now uh, uh, next to um, <coughs> um, MWT2. Um, but I did mention I have two others mm. going on right now. Uh, I am working on another graphic novel with Dean Cots, um, who is a very, very talented artist uh, and very... Prolific. He's done a lot of stuff for a lot of different publishers, and we're working together on a noir graphic novel. Ooh! So he that is awesome. It's 120 pages. He's halfway through it, and that is very much a um. Dang. The art the art is so good. Let him let him just work. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't don't it it's gonna it's gonna be done when it's done, and I'm not. I'm not really too. I'm just letting him do it in its own time, in his own time. Uh, and yeah, that one. I think I've talked about that one on a past show. That one's called the the Blackout Bombshell, uh, it's about, yeah, I Yeah,
0: I recognize the name of that one. I think I've heard you yeah, mention it's
2: that. a. It's about um, an alcoholic detective, who, discovers that he was hired to solve. A mystery or solve a case during his blackout so he doesn't remember what the case was he doesn't know who he's looking for he doesn't know like who hired him he doesn't know anything so he's he's trying to figure out what he got himself into but there's all these people that are bothering him about the mystery but he doesn't even know what the mystery is (laughs) so he's kind of he's he's trying to solve it himself while everyone else is um is just harassing him yeah so that one's that one's definitely that one's definitely more serious more adult uh compared to some of my other work i'm not that to say that none of what i've written before is is not adult it's certainly for an adult audience um but this is more i guess contemporary Mm -hmm. so so that uh that's very that's a very fun project and I'm very much looking forward to that uh getting done when it just gets done that's that, that is definitely a uh, my modern day back burner project um and then the one that I just started recently uh cause I'm in my I mentioned earlier I'm in my angry phase of books <laughs> where I have I have something I want to say uh so I am working this is this is uh Big tease as it is, I'm working with a Spanish artist named Jordi Perez, uh, and he is—he's another artist who's just so good and like, but he's—he's very—he's very funny to work with. Um, so it's—it's it's been a very interesting <laughs> professional relationship so far, and I am—I'm enjoying that. But we're working on a brand new book. uh, I called oh yeah, I'll spoil the title. It's called Goth Girlfriend Nightmare Dreams and it is a it is a post apocalyptic adventure. Put that in quotes. Adventure in quotes. This it's probably my grittiest and probably my darkest story. I would I would equate this to like a um like a grind house Mm. Sort of, sort of story. Okay. Uh, I will not reveal too much, especially because it's early days. Mm. Uh, but he's been working on it. And he's been turning in fantastic pages. Um, awesome. And he, uh, the only thing I will say is, it's about a mercenary. The book is about a mercenary who has to fight for his freedom. That is that is the synopsis I will put for this book.
0: Ooh, intriguing. So yeah, you've got quite a few things on yeah, the go now. Quite a lot of projects happening, and it's really oh, yeah. interesting because they're all very kind of. There's definitely similarities to them, um, but there's definitely differences. Like there's a lot of stuff going on, so I'm really intrigued to I check think, some of these out.
2: I think if there's a there's a talking skeleton. Uh, a goth person, or or a very a very strange man who l- likes to keep telling jokes, uh, then that is that is the state. If you have one of those things or all three of those things, uh, that is the staple of a Lewis Suddert story. I think uh, I think if you've got that, then you then you know it's by me.
0: Yeah, if you read so, a Lewis Southern story, you're guaranteed at least one of them, if not all of them.
2: I'd say Uh, more more often than not a talking skeleton. I think that, I don't know why, that always gets a kick out of me.
1: I guess guess from a creative standpoint, like, how do you keep track of everything? Like, just to be super blunt, like, you have a ton of projects, like, really cool, some huge projects uh, at various stages of development. How do you keep track of, like, you know, creatively where I am, where I'm at with these projects, what I want to do in the future, who I need to contact, that's... It seems like uh, a, a huge lift.
2: I I look at it like I don't I don't know it's like what is it? Oh what is it Christopher Lee I think it was Christopher Lee who said it like what I'm working on right now is the most important thing. Mm. So it's like I th- I think of like I have like a definitely a a tier list. Yeah. of of w- what do I put all my effort into? Mm-hmm. And like I would say right now that's uh, Midnight Western Theater 2 mm-hmm. like that is um, that's going to be out a lot sooner than the other stuff uh, but I, I I definitely like I can't I, I'm terrible I cannot just work on one thing because I, I will get bored or I will yeah. get burnt I will get burnt out Yep. so that is why I like having a, a back burner project um, that's where the the horror short stories came in. Um, so being able to flip between the two kind of keeps me more, I guess, stimulated. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. And and if I get sick of one thing, then I get to go and do the other thing again. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm very much the type of person where I need to write the script before I even start like contacting artists. Mm, okay. So I like I I need to know what the story is and I need to know because you know, I think that's terribly unprofessional to keep an artist waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh especially if you're going to have consistent work. Like if you if you sign someone on for five issues you don't want them, like... Uh, let's say they finish issue two. Where's the issue three script? Oh, I've not written it yet. Like, oh, you've just effectively blocked them from starting. And, and now now you've, like, pushed back the date when they're going to, like, work on issue four and issue yeah. five. You've screwed up mm-hmm. their whole schedule.
1: Mm-hmm. You've yeah.
2: scre- like, that's not fair to that. So I think I think what keeps me, like, focused or keeps me, like from like making sure everything's fine or I have everything in order is knowing that it, this is not just about me. Yeah. Like, there are people trying to trying to work and uh, it's the only person really that is going to, you know, keep myself responsible is myself. Like, sure, I have editors, but every editor I've had thus far in, in my career has never given me a deadline. Cause they're like, we know you're going to get it done. And I'm happy uh, that I built that sort of faith with like the people I've worked with, that they like, like my work ethic enough that they don't feel I have to be regulated. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, that, that means I am, I am in control and I have to control myself and keep myself in line to make sure that all these other people are going to get their work, yeah, and they're going to get, they're going to, they're going to do what they sign on to do. So, I think, I think that's the simplest way to put it. I, I, it's, I keep it all in order. I keep it all focused because I know it's not just about me at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Though focusing, having multiple things that you can kind of switch the focus back and forth on, that makes complete sense.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. You kind of get. Some of my, Midnight 2 is a very dark book, as well as Goth Girlfriend Nightmare Dreams. That's a very dark book. So I like writing, I liked writing the, the short horror stories because some of them were more funny or more like absurd. And because of that, it's like, okay, I, I get to lift myself out of that dark place for a little bit and i i can like have fun with yeah. my job yeah um so that's that's pretty that's pretty good too i think i think just keeping yourself like just you know just doing something different will help you out and uh, it'll just keep you keep your mind active i guess
0: oh, absolutely and yeah a lot of amazing things on the horizon a lot of great projects um honestly, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see some of these coming out. Like especially the anthology, that one's definitely piqued my interest. Yeah. Just some of those different yeah, stories one... sound really cool, but like there's She's a hilarious. lot of great stuff coming out, coming one forward. Of
2: my, one of my favorite things <laughs> in the uh anthology is in the children's story when something happens and the main character gets livid and, and he's he's just ranning to himself and he's like I don't want to rhyme anymore because it's like you know a whole rhyming scheme he's like I don't want to rhyme anymore and then he keeps rhyming because he doesn't have a choice <laughs> but, but like uh, yeah no that's that, that's that's a great deal of fun and uh, that's another one where every art style in that book is so different from the last one mm-hmm. like it, each each story certainly has an artist specifically like tailored to what we're trying to make. Um and I'm very very happy about that like there's no two stories are going to look the same. Um everybody's every that's and I'm very happy with the collective of people working on that one. <laughs> and uh yeah, no, that's that one I'm very I feel like that one's really going to show people that I can do I can just write it a lot of different ways. Yeah. And uh, that I that for better or worse my brain can certainly come up with a lot of uh kooky ideas
0: no absolutely and i think it's gonna be really interesting to check out and like you said like it's a great opportunity for you just to to put yourself on display really your writing ability what you're capable of and you know like hey i'm capable of writing stories like this or like this or like this and but yeah, I of well, the fact it's that a... it's still got that kind of each of them you can tell has still got that little bit of you in it, and yeah. that kind of you know, the dark, gothy horror sort of stuff is definitely uh something that seems to come out a lot in your work, but like yeah, these stories are like but even within that there's different ways of telling stories and there's different ways of putting stuff over.
2: Yeah, I think I I mean, I don't know, I am I, I, like I said, I am guilty. Like, I do have my tropes, you know. I, but I, I don't want to keep writing the same thing over and over again. Uh, which is probably why Midnight Western Theater has sort of evolved in, in its, from what it was to where it's going. Because it's just, you don't want to keep feeding people the same thing over and over. You don't want to be a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's 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 also just like you don't you you don't want to become the person that's making something like you wouldn't even bother looking at um so i definitely just try to keep myself interested in in what i'm making and i want to make something that i'm enjoying Mm -hmm. something that i would probably read myself and something like that that makes me feel something like i want to Mm -hmm. Like like I I, I have tried I have tried other projects in the past that didn't go anywhere, probably because I didn't have enough passion for it. It's like oh that's an idea, and it's like oh, you know yeah that's all it was. It was just an idea. Mm-hmm. But if you if there's like something, you know like I said I I I will say I'll I'll explain some more technical stuff. Um, my earlier books I will call my my blue period uh like uh like i will say villain seeking hero midnight western theater and volume one uh astroverse which was the book that did not get picked up but i had developed for a long time and the the blackout bombshell all four of these stories were just me wanting to write like fun like whoa we're we're going on an adventure yeah. like sure there's some more dark stuff like sure there's something going on but overall this is more like let's let's have fun let's write a happy ending let's let's write good guys and bad guys or like like let's explore some good gray areas and i don't i don't know just like l- w- the main objective is to have fun nothing matters um that that's that's the blue period. I would say as the years have went on I have entered my red period. And that's that's where I, I, I keep using the word angry. I don't know if angry is the right word. I would say fed up or or I I it's it's not all fun and games anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll say that. It's like okay, like I am a writer now I can, why don't I just tackle things that I feel strongly about? Yeah. And and it's like, why don't I actually have like something, something deeper, not deep, uh, not to say that the others don't have depth, but it's like, it's less about having me having fun. And it's more about, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put my feelings onto the page. And I'm gonna see where it goes.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that's interesting. Midnight,
2: Midnight Two, is definitely one of those books. Uh, what's the other one? Goth Girlfriend is one of those books, and the horror anthology is a bit of a blend. I would say that's a purple book.
1: <laughs> it's
2: a bit of me, ha- me having fun and me, me, also like putting in that sort of emotion. Uh, into it, so I think, I think yeah, I'm in I'm in my red period, and I don't I don't foresee on getting out of it for for a while. Mm. But if anything, uh, from from all the scripts people have read, people are saying that it's uh, from my editors to my friends, uh, people are saying I'm definitely making some of my best work as well as as well as just like some of my most like relatable. So, I'm very, I'm very happy about that. That it seems like I'm, I've, I'm connecting to people in ways I had not before.
0: That's really cool, man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really awesome to see that like, that growth and that development and the change in the writing style and to see that it's reflecting and reflecting in a positive way and you know what the product is like. That's really awesome to hear, and it's really interesting to see how it continues to evolve from there. So like you said you're kind of in that red period and that might last a while but i will be interesting to see over the next couple of years how that kind of evolves and grows and changes and if it does over the next little while I'm interested to see when you get into your cubism phase oh, well,
1: <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah that,
2: that'll be good that'll be good I, I'll i go full Grant Morrison I'll get into uh, Dadaism and uh, and then that'll really go, uh, that'll really go nuts
1: we do have a question in chat, uh, another one from Tom. Um, he's basically saying, do you come up with the log lines for your stories first, or uh, do you kind of get into the story and kind of shape that later?
2: I, pro- I, I honest, honest to, uh, to, to truth, I, I honestly uh, probably, um, I honestly draw the characters first.
1: Mm.
2: I come up with the designs. Or I, I I come up with the characters. I'll say that I will, and then I'll draw the designs and I'll figure out who these characters are. And then I will, if I can, if I can come up with an idea of what a character is supposed to be. It's almost like they tell me what the story is. Uh, and it, it's 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 high functioning schizophrenia in ways you would not ne- you cannot believe. Uh, but that is uh, that is that is one way to. I guess, look at it. Uh, I, I don't know. I Sometimes I come up with a title or like, I'd, never a logline, never an outline, never anything. It just seems to be like, oh, this is a cool idea for a character or a cool name.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's like, wh- where, where's this going to go? I don't know. I always think of um, David Lynch. He's a big... Um, creative hero of mine, mm-hmm. and he is a big proponent of daydreaming, and just like uh, kind of, kind of, just like seeing where your mind will take you if you just kind of relax and let it let let it flow like water. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I am I'm definitely a victim of daydreaming. Uh, put me. Especially when I'm trying to write a script and I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this. And then you just stare out the window and then you just think about other things. If anything, that's how I've created most of my other ideas. <laughs> just like, what else can I do? Um, but it's just like... Like, like Midnight Western Theater is a great example. Like, goth cowboys. Like, oh, what what are their dynamics? Like, Like, oh, what if, you know, one was like a powerful but, like, scared, reluctant hero. And what if one was just, like, a very normal person but is very tough and very intimidating? And it's like, oh, cool, like, what if that, like, person was a... What if the intimidating one was, like, like a a female, cool, like, badass Western hero? I never really see, like, like, female cowboys Mm -hmm. as, like, the protagonist. And it's like, oh, and what if the the guy was, like, a, a vampire and he's, like, kind of, like, this foppish... Uh, aristocrat and then it's just like oh you know you just let the ball roll yeah and then you you just end up where you end up and if it's like i've certainly been a victim of letting the ball roll and then you're like that was nonsense that was a bunch of hogwash like why did i come up with that like I, i and then other times it's like wait a minute there's something there's something here and it's like let's 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 go with that and i think i think that's it's another it's, it's what i've been trying to say in, in several points of this interview when you yourself get excited by it that's a wonderful sign like that means you you you've unlocked something uh, so anytime i'm like yeah like this 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 works then it's like okay like you know let's let's roll with it let's let's find out and uh and yeah and, and then like you'll have those initial ideas and then those ideas will take you to places you d- wouldn't even have considered in the first place mm-hmm. um cuz cuz then you get the ball rolling and you figure out you start world building i used to um i used to be like a freelance creative consultant for like up uh, for like budding um writers, when I was living in New York, like, I ran a little service, like, you know, I would either do a Zoom call, or I would come and meet you at, like, a cafe, and I would talk to people about their projects. Like, people would be wanting to write a story, people would be wanting to, um, you know, just, like, figure out how to write a script, or blah, 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 and, uh, I would say, more often than not, there are so many people who world build to no end. Like I will tell you how like the I like they all fly in like airbuses and I and I've designed what the Airbus engine looks like and they run on crystals and the crystals like depending on what color they are will depend on how fast like the Airbus goes and all the pirates they use the airbuses to go into the the Netherworld and then we do this and that. I'm like okay, Who is the main character of this story and it's like oh i haven't gotten there yet and it's like okay that's your i think that me personally that's your first flaw that's your first mistake Mm -hmm. because if you don't even have like your protagonist Mm -hmm. then like you're not gonna you're not gonna go very far with it you know some people can't see the the forest from the trees um but i think I think with my writing approach and my creative approach, I always need a protagonist first, mm-hmm. because I, how am I going to perceive that world unless I could see it through their lens? Like, how are they going to act? What are they going to do? What is normal to them and what is out of the ordinary? Yeah. And then after that, you can kind of you can kind of world build from there. I think this like like we what are we what I was saying with Midnight One the simpler the idea, the more room you have to grow. Yeah. And then the more, the more you have going on, if you come up with a, a, an intense, um, board of rules and regulations and lore and, and whatnot, you're going to, you're, you can end up kind of getting yourself trapped in a, in a rabbit hole of ideas. Um, yeah. And sometimes, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if, that answers anybody's question, but that's just a no. But really that creative—that makes
0: a lot of sense. though it honestly does. I mean, I mean, I would say that's probably one of the one of the great strengths of Midnight Volume One is the fact of like you've created this amazing world set in you know the Western kind of themes, but the whole world after you finish the first volume, most of the world is still open to what ever it could be. But the thing that draws you in is the characters. You know, yeah, like I... you get drawn in by Hortense and you get drawn in by Alexander and you get drawn in by their dynamic and by the time you get to the end of the first volume it's like you've created this amazing world but I don't know that much about the world but I want to. You know it's like it makes you want to learn more and want to delve deeper and want to because you've gave me a reason to care. I'm invested in these characters and the world they inhabit. Now, if you just create this world and but the characters are absolute crap, it's like I'm not going to care. You know, it's like why why should I care about this world and what happens to it because you've not given me something to connect to. I
2: I think that's why um I think oh I I lost my train of thought uh, oh god what was I gonna say I I think that's that is the trick like. I oh oh I know like the trick to any story it, uh is you can have like a uh, 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 the most absurd thing in the world you can have like a uh, like a uh, I don't know uh, a ladybug cyborg that goes out and guns down um bubblegum gummy bears that are fascists and trying to take over the world like that's that's certainly an idea, but and it could be the most fantastical thing in the world. But the thing is, that can work as long as like. But why is the, like? Can we know how the ladybug cyborg feels about this? Can we know about its 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 backstory? Can we know about like its you know pathos? I, you know, it's like you said, if you can make any stupid ridiculous idea like even like goth cowboys you can make it be something more if you can boil it down to just a more human experience yeah you know that's that's why i hate the argument of um you know superman is boring or like you can't write a good superman story where it's like no you can because you know it's not about what he's punching it's about what he's thinking or mm-hmm. feeling or or all that it's you, you you make the struggles you make the more quiet moments as universal as possible and then one one thing i learned from all this and then i'll, I'll we can end this sort of topic um is that if you everyone everyone in their own lives have been through something you know, everybody's has their own wide backstory. And I think one of the greatest achievements or one of the th- responsibilities of being a creative person is making sure, not all the time, but you know, when you have your moments, that you can create scenes or characters where the reader where you not only see yourself but the reader can see themselves as well mm-hmm. and then hopefully they will feel or grasp the idea that they are not alone in feeling that way yeah and that they that there are other people who get it it's just the you know the cliche thing of people want to feel seen and if you can accomplish that in a myriad of ways um then you're doing you're doing okay
0: absolutely and honestly i think that's kind of a, a perfect kind of note to kind of wrap up the conversation on like that's yeah that is pretty much a stunning like finale it of <laughs> what can be done with writing and why these stories are so important that's why Quick, you know why we a, got let, into it.
2: Let me make a fart joke to ruin it. Don't
0: worry. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Ruin it right at the end.
1: I want to hear more about the cyborg ladybug. Ugh.
0: I was gonna say like that has to become a short story or something. It yeah, has to be yeah. like inserted somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's
2: something. That's something. That's, <laughs> that's the that's the next billion dollar idea.
0: Yeah. Like, if somebody doesn't run with that now, like if I don't get like a, a oh, cyborg lady,
2: Ladyborg. 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 <laughs>
0: there we yeah. go there it oh, is
1: copyright
2: registered yeah. trademark done awesome
0: but yeah this has been absolutely phenomenal it's been so good to catch up with you lewis and just yeah man this was awesome i mean I just just no, can like to what, be back on kind of like what we were saying like just to have had you on like you know as often as we had with these different projects it's really amazing to hear all that's happening now and all this good stuff that's happening and honestly you know to you know, not to smoke up your ass or anything like that, but like to tell you, like it's well deserved. You know, it's yeah. like you, from the stuff that I've read, you're a phenomenal writer, and I cannot wait to read more. I'm glad all these opportunities are coming your way. I am, I am so excited for that anthology series. I'm not going to yeah. lie, that anthology book is like sounds so good. Like yeah. I will be picking that up as soon as like it drops, 100. percent That
2: one's going to be a doozy. No one's certainly going <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. I'll happily come back on. And we can do a book club. Wait. to talk about that absolutely that would, we could break we could break down all the inspirations for each one and Abs- all the funny stories so absolutely that,
0: that has to be done when that drops we will 100% get you back on to go through um, that book I think that would be phenomenal just for the stuff that you've told me lot, I'm like yeah I'm down like, I'm, I'm up for that but
2: that sounds good sounds like a plan
0: but let me just throw some stuff up in chat for anyone hanging out some links there to all of those stuff to his social media to his website and to where you can pick up the midnight western theater and the first five issues are available and um, along with a i'm bunch also of other doing
2: uh, i'm doing coffin commissions now if anybody wants <laughs> <has laughs> me to build them yeah if, want,
0: coffin, yeah if you want yeah if you want by uh, the way go hit up his freaking social media and go and check out this the man legitimately built a coffin <laughs> <laughs> We are not joking, <laughs> but go ahead and check it out. And you know what? It's like I know it's kind of like got bad taste in Smith a little bit, but I will one hundred percent say go check out his Gumroad to see "Villain Seeking Heroes." It's like I still absolutely have a soft spot for that story. I absolutely love it. I think. Oh, wait, I, wait, if... wait!
2: Tease, tease! We'll do a tease.
0: Tease. Okay.
2: Okay, we'll end it on a final teaser. "Villain Seeking Hero." Okay, "Villain Seeking Hero" has many immortal characters in it. Uh oh. Who who's to say that one of them wasn't around during the Wild West? So oh, I, I will. S- so Midnight Two, uh, has a very, a very fun cameo. I will say that. So I'm not gonna. Oh. Suge- I'm not gonna suggest who it was. So so it's a little, it's it's a little good. Um, it's a little good passing of the torch scene. I'll say that.
0: Okay, yeah, definitely pick up the night two now for that one. I need to see who freaking cameos from *Villain Seeking Hero*. But as I was saying, thank you so much for coming on, Lewis. This has been an absolute pleasure, as well, always, to chat nice with to you. Do it. And I'm so
2: happy. It's it's been nice to do uh to do this again. I right. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun today. Love getting you on. Love is going on rants and down rabbit trails and everything else that usually <laughs> happens. And the ten-minute rant, we actually did not <laughs> have volume on. More. I am so mad that I didn't hit on mute. That was such a good rant at the start it of everything. Really was. I'm so annoyed at myself for that one. Um, no, it's all good. But yeah, so um, if you have missed any of this today, this will of course be going up on our YouTube. So please go ahead and check it out there. It will also be available the audio version wherever you get your podcast from so check that out there and if you and um, subscribe to us on our ko-fi page and support the channel that way you'll get what of the the pre-show rant i actually got the audio for um, <laughs> uploaded there um, for us coming up this week um tomorrow night my lovely wife jay will be back with um continuing the playthrough of the dlc for little nightmares i will be back on tuesday night playing through horizon zero dawn um, Nitro, you back on Thursday night? Yep, I'll be back on Thursday night doing some. Uh, hopefully, starting on the commission for Just Me D. So awesome! Yep. And then, of course, we'll be back next Sunday with our podcast. Um, I'm not actually sure what we're talking about next week. I don't have my schedule. Not so, either, actually. Um, so keep an eye on our social medias for that. And um, also, as well, you may have seen it on our social medias, and I want to share it out because we do have Tom Levine in chat as well, and um, who is going to be involved in it. Let me throw up the screen for it. Um, if you are not aware at this point we are going to be uh, eventually dropping our art stream and our Sea of stream and we are going to be actually doing a Dungeons and Dragons stream um, entitled Let the Good Times Roll Um, you can see the logo for it up there on the screen Um, so Mr. Tom Levine good friend of the channel is going to be um, DMing that game for us and the very start of it is going to be myself, Nitro and our lovely wives playing as we are all brand new to this and have no clue what we're doing. So it's to give us a little bit of experience and eventually we are looking to do more stuff and get more to the community involved in that as well. Um, so please keep an eye out on there on social media for that for any updates that will be coming very very soon in the near future. But I think that's everything for us today. Hang around with us we are going to go and raid out to Geeks Under Grace Um, over on their channel, so stick around, show them some love, drop them a follow if you have not already, and remember, as always, it is a good week to be a geek. Take care, and we'll see you all soon, guys.
1: See you guys.